Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Narrowgate Podcast. My name is Ben Hoover, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist out of Roseville, California. And, uh, you know, on a spontaneous note, I kind of wanted to uh, maybe explain a little bit of why I do this podcast. Um, obviously, uh, in a sense, it's for myself. It's uh, a way of processing. It's a way of conceptualizing, of uh, understanding my experiences when I go through, right? Because I think uh, that self-exploration, that self-discovery uh, is vital to growing, to learning, to helping others. And, uh, and so I, for some time uh, before this podcast, it's, there's, I think it's probably been pretty innate, but there's always been this hunger to uh, to know, to understand, to um, <clears throat> seek guidance in regards to my own struggles. And so uh, for me, doing this podcast uh, is obviously therapeutic for myself. It's healing. Um, it helps me to venture in uh, and, and piece together, whether it's even using scripture or research or whatever, uh, just my own personal human experience, but also too, that in that uh, discovery that the hope is that um, what I've uh, uncovered is to be shared with others, right? To be helpful. Um, sometimes, you know, in my writings, uh, you know, it probably came out more raw uh, and uh, a way of trying to deal with the pain in the midst of it, rather than uh, this is what I've learned and discovered as or after I've gone through the pain or whatnot. So, um, so in some ways, I think sometimes I've produced things immaturely. Um, but you know, that's, that's part of life. But anyway, um, you know, and, and so uh, for me sharing these episodes, uh, or these discoveries is obviously incredibly personal. But the hope, too, is that it provides some understanding and help uh, to anyone who's listening, that, uh, that they can look at their own selves, that they can venture inside, that they can uh, um, discover what sometimes has been lurking or haunting or someone struggled with, or why is that? Why does that continue to be a problem? Why do I keep turning back to that, right? Uh, and because I think we if we stay stuck in judgment and in shame, that shrouds our ability to uh, um, uncover, to learn, to process what it is that's going on in us, why something was disappointing, why something didn't work out, right? Uh, why we feel the way we do. Because if we can do that, then I believe that that inevitably we will continue to grow. That doesn't mean that we don't backtrack. It doesn't mean we don't backpedal, uh, fall in sometimes the same ruts. But we have a little bit more awareness. And I think the more that we develop consciousness of what is going on in us and why is this happening this way, the more uh, we can start making different choices, uh, choose different paths. So uh, anyway, so felt like I wanted to share that. Um, you know, that I hope that this isn't just some rant, uh, but actually that uh, it's purposeful in sharing my own personal discoveries uh, as hopefully a guide even for you who listens to this. So anyway, so today uh, I wanted to talk about faith and uh, and I, I titled this, You Just Don't Have Enough Faith, right? Because that's in some ways kind of a phrase a comment we make towards ourselves, we might make towards others, right? And, and trying to reconcile problems in life and uh, painful experiences, circumstances we go through, you know, we, we want to understand. And unfortunately, uh, often it results in self-blame uh, or it wasn't enough or I didn't do enough. And it misses the point of we're constantly learning and growing, right? Like I just went through an experience where, yeah, I find myself beating myself up because I didn't see my own self. I didn't see this other person. I didn't, um, I, I wasn't aware. I was 
too caught up um, in love in a way. And so, and so I, uh, yeah, just find myself in a incredible amount of pain and wanting to blame myself and um, how could I not see it, right? And, and yet, like, of course I couldn't see it because this is all new. Um, you're not, a, you don't become aware of something until you go through it. Uh, and it, the clarity just isn't there in the beginning. So, and that's the unfortunate part sometimes of being human is we've got to go through the uncertainty and the painful journey of not knowing in order to know, in order to grow. We're just compelled to do it, right? So, um, so faith, I feel, has been very misconstrued and misunderstood and, um, and used almost judgmentally at times. And so I really want to uncover that and unravel that because faith is actually something I've been chewing on for, for quite some time. Uh, and why is it different than belief? And, and yet it's the way we talk about faith that almost to me, it seems like we're, uh, um, like interchanging that is it interchanging, right? Substituting that with, with uh, our understanding of belief. And I think faith is entirely different. Um, so anyway, I wanted to start out first by just kind of a personal story is, uh, last week I was in the airport coming home, about to come home, fly home from vacation. And it was a really rough day. In fact, that whole week was pretty rough. Um, I felt incredibly alone. I uh, felt incredibly empty, uh, anxious. I was shut down. Um, yeah. Did I say angry? Yeah. Angry. Anyway. Um, and I was just so antsy to get home, right? Like I just couldn't wait. And there was reasons for that, but uh, but there was there was so much I think emotional pain and turmoil going on in me that being stuck in an airport just felt so suffocating, um, you know, like it was never going to end. Uh, but also the other dilemma too is I had I had no clue where the hell I wanted to be. I I didn't want to be there, even to imagine being. Uh, at this other place, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to crawl basically out of my own body and and just be light years away from existing. So I got home, and shortly after, I went for a drive. And I went to my usual spot, um, and I and on the way as I'm walking, and then to the spot, I'm you know all these this emotion starts to surface. I mean, tears are coming up. I'm starting to weep. Uh, I go to the spot, which is still kind of close to the neighborhood. It's it's like starting to venture into the lake area and I'm like basically yelling at the moon as if it was some person, right? If it was God, some being, right? And, um, and I, and yet it was still stifling, right? Like I just kind of wept, but I felt so restless and so anxious and, and yet I was still compelled to go and do that. And then I hit a point where, uh, it, I guess you could say it was a, I hit a wall, um, a dead end. And I knew that I needed to go back home, but I also didn't want to go back home you know, kind of just like, I, I didn't want to exist in other words. And, you know, just being miles away from myself out of my own skin, just, um, just seemed like the only option. And yet it was horrible and, you know, and necessary needed. So I returned and I, the anxiousness stuck with me. Right. And I knew I thought about going to sleep and I knew I can't go to sleep. I just cannot. Um, I know that I'll be tossing and turning all night. And so I uh, committed to just listening to this anxiety and following through, knowing that, and as if, if you listen to my other podcasts or my writings, anxiety is uh, something yet to be uncovered, right? Something There's something going on in the soul, uh, but you don't know yet what it is. And you got to listen to it because it's it's... It's telling you something. Eventually, something's going to surface. So, um, so I, I I stuck with it. I followed it. In, in other words, like I just, I basically I, I wandered around the backyard, and all of a sudden, you know, just the 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 door opened, the vault unlocked, um, and this intense anger came out, and I jumped right into it. I mean, like I didn't hold back. It was it was uncensored. It was vile. Um, you know, it was, it was, uh, I don't know if it went on for an hour. I'm not sure. I kind of lost track of time, but I, 
I just did not stop feeling it. And and was it uncomfortable? Absolutely. Of course it was uncomfortable. Of course I wanted to get away from the anger. Uh, but I stuck with it. And uh, interestingly enough, as I felt through it, eventually the emotion left and the tiredness kicked in. Um, and I went to bed and I could sleep. Fascinating, right? So think about that. Just just as a side note, for anyone who's restless and sleep and trying to sleep and anxious, um, there's something going on in you to pay attention to. Yeah, you might be tired the next day, but you might be less tired if you actually listen to the feeling versus uh, and and stay with it versus trying to shut it down and think about other things and you know the things we do to combat the emotional realm in ourselves. So anyway, so. Uh, so I was able to go to sleep. Um, now, but that same day, that Wednesday, uh, I knew two days later, and I think maybe I even knew earlier than that, that actually I did know earlier than that because I marked it in my calendar. But when I, when I got there or when I came home Wednesday, I knew I was going to go to the ocean. And there's a spot at the ocean, uh, Bodega Bay, uh, and, I, and I love it. You know, like it, it's it's been this beautiful spot. There's been amazing memories there, both um, solo and with others. And uh, and so I had this strong sense that I needed to go. Now, uh, of course, knowing that or listening to that or feeling drawn, you know, I did that little internal checking thing of like, well, you know, are there other options? Like, could I, you know maybe just stay home for the day and rest, uh, you know, and cook meals and, uh, or could I go up in the mountains or something? And, uh, none of that resonated. The only thing that, uh, that stood strongly, that flashed, flared, signaled strongly in me was I needed to go to this place. Um, so, uh, so, and I knew why I was going to the ocean. I knew I was going to these spots, right? Um, I knew I was going to these areas. It was to encounter the grief, the loss that I'd gone through that was coming up in me. And, uh, and, and I, it was purposeful. It was integral, right? Like this wasn't just going just to have a good cry and I'll just sit at the ocean and stare. No, like, I, hopefully I can convey that it's different. Like it was going to certain areas. It was feeling through the pain, um, but there was more to it than that that I learned when I got there. So um, maybe it was just sitting at the ocean and giving a good cry. I don't know, but it felt a little bit more uh, intentional than that and purposeful. So anyway, um, so it was. So I went there, and uh, and I knew I wasn't just going just to feel. It was like it was really to encounter the the pain and the feeling attached to memory. And so, but when I got there, I was completely unaware of just how intense it would be. And I mean, like, intense anger and rage and then sadness, right? Um, and and so I went. It was it was so awful. It was horrible. It was messy. Like, it was not a day I want to relive. Let's, let's just, let's be clear about that. Um, was it beautiful in the sense of it was connecting to my pain, to my humanity, to my heart? Um, yeah. Uh, it was a feeling the realness of having been attached to someone. Absolutely. Uh, all necessary and vital, right? Like for me, it wasn't, okay, I need to just jump in and go to the next relationship or go to, no, like I needed to feel through this stuff. So anyway, um, so in the, the first spot of my grief odyssey, as I like to call it, uh, I, I, I ate lunch and I processed the memories and then maybe close to an hour later, I started to walk to go walk away to go to the next spot. And I just felt this, I don't know if it's a re- break, maybe a break, come on. And I couldn't, I had a difficult time leaving the spot. I didn't want to leave. And almost, I couldn't, you know, because every time I tried to take a step forward, I felt this pull back. And I turned and looked at the spot and I wept all the more. And it was at that time that the, idea of faith came up, but also, which I'll go into uh, in terms of understanding faith, but I also uh, realized even more that I was saying goodbye, that I was letting, actually letting go, right? Like, 
Um, sure, you could say that, well, isn't that what feeling the pain is? Yeah, I mean, but there's also kind of a cognitive aspect, too. It's not just emotional. There's also the the the, the intellectual part of, like, I, I'm, I'm saying goodbye to someone that, uh, that I bonded with. And so, um, so the, you know, the, the whole day, and, and of course that only increased the weeping, right? When I saw that, but it was also like, there's also a moment of relief as well, knowing, oh, oh, I see why I'm here now. Oh, that makes sense. You know, cause once we become aware, uh, it, it changes something for us, right? Like it's not just this mystery of why I'm going. It's, oh, okay, this is bringing up a whole lot more. Uh, this is this is what it's intended for. So the whole day was brutal, <laughs> but it was necessary. I don't think I've ever encountered grief. I mean, I felt grief, but I don't know if I've encountered that level of grief in my life. Um, and as I look back, I know it was really meant to be for me to drive two hours to the coast, to spend the entire day going through that pain that really would have haunted me until I faced it. And it was terrifyingly healing. And you know what just kind of popped into my head, and I'm sure if anyone's listening, like I'm kind of the, at least in my social circle, circle including my family, like I'm kind of rare in the sense that I, uh, that I uh, am intrigued and excited by kind of heavier thriller, supernatural, scary movies. Um, one movie in particular that I recommend is called The Babadook, and I think you can watch it on Netflix. I think it's been on there for a long time. Uh, incredible movie. Uh, incredibly scary. But uh, but where some supernatural movies kind of have like a evilness to it, and, and it, you can maybe interpret it that way, uh, this really isn't. This is actually a, a metaphor, beautifully done, a metaphor for grief. And what happens when we avoid it, right? And and by the way, like that, that's a part of processing. Sometimes we're just in denial. Like it, it's a natural defense that kicks in for us. Like we don't want to face it. Like we're not ready. Um, but I think in this moment for me, uh, it was, it was like I need to go and do this. Like I had to. So, uh, so that then what came up then is this. Uh, the the the, uh, the concept of fate, right? And as I started out in the beginning, you know, I, th I think there's been a distortion of what that is. It's I think it's been entangled with belief, um, you know, uh, in in faith. You know, here we I'm saying faith community, right? Faith has been uh, in some ways it feels like it's it's been uh, restricted to uh, some kind of religious tradition belief system like this is my faith um you know our distorted understanding of what religion is when i think religion in a universal sense is actually about uh um collectively universally growing more connected uh to life to ourselves to the divine um and 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 it growing into more of we are living out of love out of fullness out of true enjoyment um and 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 true attunement to life and so uh and and faith i would say is actually the catalyst the the drive the gas for that happening um so it's not a belief system it's not a set of beliefs it's uh it's something that's deeper and beyond that so anyway um just to differentiate distinguish Faith from, from belief, belief I see as it's really kind of a set of mental constructs like philosophy, philosophies, theologies, ideologies, right? It's, it's, our, it's our way of understanding the world, of seeing. It's the lens we look through. Um, it's, it's how we make sense of things. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, and, and, and unfortunately sometimes, or not sometimes, often we can get really stuck in those beliefs that's where you get like fundamentalism uh, is there's this, it, it's a very close restricted way of living in the world of this is how it's supposed to be. And even despite research or evidence that challenges that conflicts with that confronts, uh, you know, um, people, and, and it was me for a time, uh, 
you know, really clamp down and grip tightly and just like this white knuckled grip on, no, this is the way it is. And this is the way I have to see it. And, um, and there's been so many things in my life that I've uh, operated in that way uh, until experiences and, and then, and those that have gone down the path that I am currently going down uh, have helped me understand that have challenged my thinking on that. So, uh, but scary how, uh, how, um, how tightly gripped we can be over a belief system over this is the way it is. Uh, and I, and when that happens, there's no room for growth. Uh, we get violent. We, we die on that hill. We protect ourselves. We convince someone to see it our way. Right. And it's where it creates division and conflict. It's why you have the different religions. Um, you know, and so, uh, I don't want to get too lost here. There's so much there. But anyway, so belief is, um, and, and how does belief even come, right? It's it's really shaped by experiences in a lot of way, or the experiences we have with others, or the way that, like, growing up, what what uh, has been verbally communicated as right and wrong, or this is the way of seeing the world, and also it being modeled as non-verbally. Uh, and so... Um, but it's our experiences that shape that, that challenge that, that build on that. And, uh, and so, um, so this is what I see is what belief is. It's not faith. It's, uh, it is these building blocks in a way that the kind of the sort of a foundation of this is, this is why I see the things I see. This is how I see life in the world and others and human behavior. Um, and so, but sometimes like we just believe because that's what we've been told instead of our, our belief being personal, uh, and impacted by our own challenges and growing experience and wrestling. Like that's really important. And so, uh, and, and, and the thing is too, is in, in our misconstruing of faith, just to bring it back to that, um, I think it's been so watered down. It's been isolated into these tribal segregated belief systems and rituals. Uh, and, um, and so sadly, I think we've, we've ventured far from it. And maybe it's just myself. Maybe it's not everybody else. But just the way that sometimes it's talked about uh, seems to be communicating that, that that's what faith is. is it's this, this little click this discrete group, um, that's what it's about, but it's, it really isn't that. Um, and so anyway, uh, where am I here? Um, one second, I'm looking at my notes. So hopefully that makes sense of what belief is, right? And just, just establishing that and defining that, uh, again, it's cognitive. It's the way we see the world, right? It's, it's cause we need that kind of framework to, to make sense of things. But I do believe that, that uh, I do believe that belief needs to have an openness, a malleability to it. Uh, because again, the, the opposite of that is when we hold on tight, grip tightly, then what happens is it creates fundamentalism and this is how it's supposed to be. And, uh, and we fight to the death for that versus allowing ourselves to experience the conflict of, wait a minute, my experience, the experiences I'm going through or seeing what others are going through doesn't align with my belief system. So that's where a crisis comes in, right? Um, it, it begins to challenge and confront that, shake that foundation. And that's really scary because if we kind of nestle into the security of our belief system, right? Like, like that feels safe. That feels contained. But then what happens is when we, uh, we go through conflicting, uh, um, opposing experiences, it throws everything out of whack and we want to tightly go back to it, right? We want to fit our experiences into what we believe rather than the opposite of allowing our experiences to shape and challenge and, uh, evolve our belief system. But, but it's, a very emotional process too of like wait a minute how how could i see it this way like what is another way of seeing it um so that's why i call it a crisis because 
you are in this disillusionment, um, you're in this fog, things just don't make sense anymore. And that's a really important part of change. It's actually significant. It's actually a deepening of beliefs. But again, not in the sense of this is how it has to be as much as, um, okay, like, there's, there becomes more of an openness, a softening to, I'm okay with this not being what it is. This is transient. This is temporary. Uh, this is growing. This is adding more. This is shaping it very differently. So, um, so that's, that's happened for me and sex, me and marriage, um, you know, in the realms of sexuality, all of that, um, anger, depression, things like, things have been challenged. Uh, I no longer see the way that I used to. Um, it's incredibly, it, it's, it's just drastically changed. And for the better, I believe. Um, now, also too, we make these comments on faith, right? Like, I, I didn't have enough faith. You didn't have enough faith. Um, I needed more, right? And as I process through that, like, why do we say those things? What does that mean? Well, one is, is it comes from disappointment. Sometimes we go through these tragic experiences of loss, right? And for those who, maybe most of us that end up praying, right? We, we ask the world the or the universe, God, this being, right? This divine force, however you want to kind of term it, there's something beyond us. And somehow we find ourselves in this moment of helplessness, uh, crying out, praying, right? And, um, which is a really, I think, profound, powerful moment. Uh, but, but often we make these judgmental statements towards ourselves and others of like, man, I need more faith. I need to increase it. I need, you know, and, and, and I think that's to combat the disappointment, uh, the crushing experience, uh, a defeat of that not working, of what went wrong, right? Because we all want to go through that of like, how come that person wasn't healed? How come that relationship didn't work out? How come, right? Like I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed this repetitious over and somehow magically it didn't work. And so we resort to either blaming the divine or others or, or ourselves rather than, uh, and, and that's fine. Like that's going to happen, you know, to, to reconcile the hurt. But once that starts to clear, the fog of that starts to clear, we realize like maybe it's, maybe it's not that, Right. Um, we don't know why there's mystery to why things happen. Tragedies happen, uh, you know, sudden tragedies happen, but, but to make it contingent on there's something wrong that I'm doing as to why it didn't work out is an interesting thought. Uh, it leaves the responsibility in our hands and we end up tormented that we didn't believe enough. And I really think when I say that we didn't have enough faith, I think, what is really being said is I didn't believe enough that somehow I need to get my, the right ideology, the right philosophy, the right theology, and that only on this foundation could my prayers, uh, could, could they have been answered? Um, but I think this is where this starts to fall apart in us. It's like, maybe it's not what we believe. Maybe it's something entirely different. Um, again, those experiences are imbued with mystery that we don't know why it's happened, right? And they're starting to, be, and obviously as we start to understand humanity more and more, we start to uncover reasons why the things we do to each other happen. Um, it's still devastating, right? But it's also necessary to understand in order to provoke change as to why do we hurt in those ways? Why are we hurt in those ways? So, um, but once... Once are these, uh, once these conflicting experiences start happening, we're now begin. We're now left in this fork in the mode road moment, of we either go down that path that we've traveled down that well worn path, or we begin to allow the experience to start to teach us something novel, right? Um, and and even in the midst of tragedy, like just letting the pain be there because it is. It's incredibly agonizing, excruciating to go through some kind of tragedy and not know why. Um, so, uh, but just a, a final note on the belief, uh, our belief systems, again, they thrive on openness, on a flexibility, on a malleability, right? Because our life is filled with continual unfolding experiences. And, and instead of trying to kind of corral these moments and fit them into our already developed perspectives, it's best that we 
approach it from another angle. So, and allow our belief to change and the space to grow. Now, um, now faith, now that leads me back to faith, right? Now, what is it? So, because I wanted to distinguish it from belief. Now, faith, I believe, is way more dynamic and universal than what we've realized. If we take it really out of the context of it's, it's uh, sequestered, it's isolated to just traditions, going to a church on Sunday, going to a temple, going whatever, um, that, that faith is way more alive and wild and vibrant than that. Um, it's, uh, it, it, I wonder if really kind of faith has been limited, sadly it's been limited to man-made mad, mad, man religious parameters, when really I believe it's the divine current running through every person, regardless of any faith, tradition, you know, um, you know, no matter who we are, where we are, what we believe, what we commit ourselves to, that faith is this current that runs through everything, everything. Um, so, and, and I hope that me sharing that starts to shift something for you, whether you, regardless of whatever you believe in, that faith is way more dynamic than that. It's way more collective, universal, expansive. Um, so, uh, and I think our, our self-created and maintained lens or perspective, it, it, it can't tether or domesticate faith. Um, and so faith, then by my definition, it's innate, it dwells within. It's a compelling force, uh, and I'll explain why. Uh, it's in which we're moved despite certainties, right, that, that, we've, that we keep looking for, that we've generated. Uh, faith is an invitation to go where we're drawn, a movement towards something, both in the moment and in the meta narrative of life, right? Both in the ever expanding story of life, of our own our own story, um, and and so it's it's a, it's an experiencing. It's it's where understanding and knowledge comes subsequent. It follows once the invitation has been accepted. And we participate in the moment or the moments that we're compelled to engage in, right? So in other words, if I were to put it more practical, it's it's kind of when you start to experience like, I don't know why, but I need to go do this. I don't understand uh, what's going on, but I can't shake this, right? And, and for, for a time, we might keep pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down, and it just keeps coming back up. And it, and it seems even that it nags even more intensely. Uh, it just it just keeps knocking at the door louder and louder and louder, um, but it but we all have that. I'm sure anyone who's listen is listening. Um, you experience that like I don't understand why this is happening, but I feel this nudge to go and check this out, this curiosity, right? Um, and so I think it's only when we listen to that internal nudge that we accept the invitation, we commit to it, that we begin to see the reason why we're drawn there in the first place. Um, and so, but as a disclaimer, right, like I'm not talking about those impulses I'd say are violating or destructive because I believe that the faith within us actually is guiding us to, uh, to grow, to heal, to connect with people in, in deeply loving, compassionate, uh, um, inclusive healing ways. Um, but also, though, those impulses that come up of wanting to be destructive, wanting to harm, wanting to hurt, wanting to violate. Um, again, I'm not promoting that or acting off of that. But I am, what I am promoting is that we listen to those impulses, that we talk about them, that we look at them, that we share them, we explore them in order to heal and change. Um, that, I think, needs to happen, right? I'm not saying we'll go and do it and find out, right? But sometimes that does happen. Sometimes we end up doing it and... Uh, we're, we end up feeling the, the blast of what did I just do? So, um, so I just wanted to clarify that. But I'm talking about a faith and those impulses to face ourselves, right? To grow and evolve, to risk, to connect deeper, to love and heal others. So faith, you could even say, is it's intimacy. It's an intimate engagement with life. Uh, it's about experiencing and being experienced. It's where we open ourselves up and to see and know and to be seen and known. And that's with others, that's with going out in nature, that's with, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's 
uh, arriving or how do I say it's living in this way of I'm connected to everything, right? That every moment really is an intimate encounter. Uh, what is this teaching me? What is this telling me? It's an, and, and it's, and faith is, uh, it, it's an in the moment unfolding narrative where we must listen to that nagging signal that won't turn off uh, no matter how much we distract or deafen it. And, and think about it. I mean, a lot of us do that. Like we try to turn that off. We try to push it down. Um, but it just keeps coming up. Thus, going back to my example of my own anxiety of I need to listen to this because I'm going to try to force myself to go to sleep. It'll be a miserable night of sleep. I won't go to sleep. So, um, so that was an act of faith. Going to the ocean was an act of faith, right? I don't know why entirely I'm going there. I have a little bit of a sense um, to heal, right? Because I start to realize, oh, I'm going. If I'm being called to share something with someone or talk, like it's, it's for the healing of humanity, including myself. So I've begun to understand that sense of this is, this is, this is the mission. This is the purpose. Uh, it's, you know, so, um, and it's not always going to be pleasant. Uh, and it, it, it might be profound and powerful, uh, and life changing, heart changing, but it's not going to have a pleasantness to us. Um, so, oh, where am I? Um, so faith really is about the uh, faith and the acting off of it is really about surrounding control, the need to know, to have it mapped out, to be certain, right? Um, when I when I decided to live in the moment in this relationship to, to partake in it, um, I took a risk. I took a big leap in faith, right? Um, and And then the ending of it really brought up a lot of stuff of what I didn't see in myself, in this other person. But uh, anyway, but when we operate in life this way, right, listening and tuning to that internal nudge, um, life unfolds very differently. You know, it begins to cause us to step away and out of the, the confines, the, the safety that we've, uh, that we've created, the intellectual security, right? Um, it, it takes place, what takes place is a knowing that is richly formed uh, continually by experience. Uh, it's a path, I believe, that is really about to actual living and growing. Um, and so, and, and that's why faith is beyond just religious systems that we've created. Uh, if we can even get outside those realms, it's way more uh, moving and shifting and, uh, again, expansive and dynamic. Uh, and, and I think that the way that we've constructed religion to be, and notice when I said we've constructed religion, not... I believe what's true religion, um, which is this experience of reconnecting and faith again is the driving force of that. Um, but when we uh, when we constrict it to those belief systems, we think that that's what faith is, and it's it really isn't, or the faith traditions. Um, and that doesn't mean to abandon all that, but it just hopefully is kind of a little bit of a different thought that might help uh, add more life. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so you start to see that this movement is happening in all of us. Researchers, people of other religions, um, sexual orientation, all of that stuff is way more vital and moving and meaningful than it, than it ever has been. And we're actually, there's this gravitational pull towards healing, towards divine love, towards divine connection, all of that. So, anyway, hopefully I... Didn't beat a dead horse there, and it makes sense. So that brings me to the story then of Peter, right, in the Bible. So stay with me, because, again, and I give this disclaimer a lot, if you, you know, you don't have a certain faith tradition, if you don't know what you believe with God or don't believe, like, that's fine. But just listen to this story, right, because this is, this is written um, by real people trying to understand how, how to live, what humanity is, what, what is going on here. So you have this story of Jesus walking on water, right? And it's a multifaceted story. There's probably tons of little nuggets in there to understand, but I want to highlight Peter. I want to highlight the human experience. I want to highlight faith. Um, so you have Jesus, right, who, you know, uh, to meet his disciples out on the boat, he steps out into the sea and, you know, decides to just walk across water, like, you know, like we all do, um, right? We just, you know, just decides to take the everyday route of walking on water, you know. Um, but, 
I mean, come on, like, that's crazy. Like, how does that even happen? Right? It even goes beyond the, the natural, the way that the order of how life works, the cause and effect. Um, but somehow he steps out on there. And so Peter uh, sees this mysterious figure, right, that seemed to be Jesus. And, uh, and in order to get reassurance that it was him, he calls out to Jesus and asks him to identify himself, right? By calling Peter to step out, he says, Lord, like, if it's you, tell me to come, right? And so when Peter did, at first he hit his groove, right? He was walking on the water, everything was moving fluidly, and then the winds kicked in, and he's like, oh shit, right? That's not in the Bible, that's, that's my uh, little additive to it. But it was at this point that he began to sink, crying out to Jesus to save him, right? Like, help me, right? I mean, he just, all of a sudden, the, the, the circumstances, the external forces started to impact him. Um, and, uh, and so, and then Jesus, interesting, you know, caught him, you know, in an imminent move, like caught him, brought him back to the boat. And he said, you have a little faith. Like, why did you doubt? Right. And the way I'm saying it is almost sounds condescending, but it, I don't think it actually really was. Um, but he says that, right. You have little faith. Why, why did you doubt? And it's an interesting, fascinating story with a lot going on, but a few observations. First off, Peter asked Jesus to come to the water in which Peter accepted the invitation, right? But it's Peter who initiated. Why would he do that? What compelled him, right? He was the one that felt compelled. He was the one that saw this figure, this, right, this stimulus. This, what is, who is that? What is that? And he wanted to know, right? So he first asked the question, who is that, right? What, you know, tell me it's you. Tell me to come. But he was compelled to initiate. And it was, and, and, and he was the one that took the first step, right? I mean, Jesus said, come. It's not like Jesus was forcing him. Something within Peter was, was driving him to go and see. And, and so the external, right, conversed with the internal. And what I mean by that is like there was this mysterious figure out there, right? And it appeared to be like Jesus, and it compelled Peter to seek this out for himself. I wanted to know. Something woke up in him of, I wanted, I want to see this. So although it was tight, you know, although interacting with the external stimulus, Peter was moved from within to see what was so enticing. So this wasn't someone forcing a person. Think about that even in your own life. When you've been forced by people like go and do it, but inside you can feel yourself say no, like kind of pull back. And that to, to act off of that, um, you start to feel angry, enraged. Um, you might even get angry at yourself for listening to that. Um, when actually the anger was meant to be towards the people that were forcing you, like it meant to, like in other words, reacting in anger and saying, no, I'm not going to do that. That, uh, that's a actually really profound, uh, impactful moment of speaking up, of listening to your own self. Because uh, when we disconnect, when we push past that, we actually begin to reject or abandon that in ourselves. So um, we pull away from ourselves, in other words. So anyway, Peter was actually listening to what was going on himself and acting off of that, right? It wasn't Jesus, um, although there was interaction happening, he felt compelled to go. Uh, and so um, another interesting something to take note is, is when Peter stepped out in this faith, right? When he moved in this way, in this compelling force or energy stirring inside him, uh, it enabled him to walk on water, right? It was almost like it just all logic, all the, the understanding of natural functions and consequences of life began just kind of moved in the periphery. He didn't even focus on that. He just listened to the nudge, and I'm going to go and do this. And so when he stayed connected to his faith and he moved towards the object, he was in the group. But then, fascinatingly enough, when he became afraid, uh, he which happened, I think, as a result of stepping outside of listening to himself, veering into the external circumstances that challenged the impossible, he began to sink, right? So his faith then became entangled with fear. That compelling force began to get contaminated, if you will, with, with fear. And it caused him to question and doubt the internal guiding force that was drawing him towards Jesus. Um, so think about that in life, that 
and we all have these moments of I need to go and do this and then all of a sudden like doubt creeps in and we wonder and we're not sure and and then we decide oh I'm not going to do it and we start to have our own moment of sinking I mean going back to that example of other people you know trying to force you to do something and you can feel yourself start to sink you can feel yourself start to go away and that's that's this this beautiful example of what happens in the story of he, this faith kicked in him, this compelling force to go and see, not knowing what was going to happen, not even aware that typically I can't even walk on water, but something stirred in him to go and do it. He felt compelled. And a lot of times people force themselves of like, I've got to go do this. I'm going to go try walking on water when they're not, when that's not actually, they're not actually innately compelled to go and do it. So, um, so then Peter obviously begins to sink and, um, and, and then Jesus says, uh, you of little faith, right? Um, why did you doubt? But there's no dialogue after that. And we have a little section of what the disciples do. They worship Jesus. But, but there's, no, um, there's, there's no conversation. There's no back and forth. Peter, and I think maybe part of that is because it's rhetorical. Uh, it's meant uh, even for the reader to begin to ponder, to think. Right, but when Jesus is saying you have little faith, uh, he's talking about the measurement. But he's he's not saying in in condemning ways, in judgmental ways. Like, why did you do that? Why didn't you see? Right, like because one that goes against what Jesus' nature was, which was actually to draw people out of shame and judgment, uh, to come alive. Um, oh man, I'm tearing up right now because it's actually really whew, hitting me. So anyway, so Jesus' response was not one of condemnation. Or judgment or chastisement. He wasn't saying, you little shit, how come you didn't get it? He was, he was, it was a, an invitation to experience more, to question, to look, to say what happened, right? Um, but he, but the, the, the phrasing when he says the comment of you of little faith, he, he's basically talking about kind of something that was underdeveloped, something that, w- and, and that's where we all start out, is uh, is this seeking, I want to see, like, I'm not quite sure, all the doubt starts coming in, I, I don't know, right? Like, um, it, was, it was a youngness in Peter, right? Uh, he hadn't experienced enough of this movement by faith, uh, or what I would say is this inner compelling voice, that this is a whole new way of being and operating in the world, to step out into the unknown with only the guiding force of, I don't know why, but I need to go and see. And it was a beautiful moment, right, of Peter uh, moving in that way. And I love that that's been written, that there's history of that, of here is this man uh, that is so hungry to grow and to be connected and know and explore that, that he'll even take the risk where we would call it foolish. Um, and and, and, and it, yet it was this incredible wisdom uh, that enabled him to grow more and more connected to this is how to live in the world, to listen to that mysterious nudge that's calling us into places we don't know why. Um, so, so that's this beautiful story of what faith really is. Notice that it's not about some belief system. It's not about some tradition. It's not, a, it's, it's, it's uh, not even just tethered to Jesus. It's what Jesus brought out in people. It's the way he walked and moved that says this this is what all humanity has in them. There's this compelling force to go towards the divine, go towards loving, go towards living. Um, so, so as you hopefully can see, the faith is not something we force to grow or increase in ourselves. It's an inner guiding presence that we listen to, that we follow. It's those moments of tasting and seeing. It's only when we begin to engage in our experiences that we learn, that we grow, we become increasingly more attuned to that inner nudge. Um, faith really requires surrendering the prerequisites of having to know before we leap, because that just doesn't happen. Like I said, I leapt into this relationship, and I didn't know. Like, I didn't see things. You know, I was head over heels, and I didn't see things. But it, it requires that we live and we engage completely in the moment. That's, that's the requirement, is to be fully present. It's what happened with Peter's he was in the moment attuned, and all of a sudden, the what is it extenuating? Is that is that the right word? Um, the 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 external forces started to trip him up, 
right? When I went to the ocean, even before I went to the ocean, I thought, oh, well, why am I going? And could it be? And, and, I, and I didn't stay too long in that because I knew, nope, I need to go. Because I've become more attuned to myself of, I know when something comes up in me and I can't shake it, I've got to go and do it. Whether it's a word for someone, whether it's a, inviting someone over, whether it's reaching out to someone, whether it's um, uh, going to some place. Uh, like, for instance, I'm going to Ireland. Um, and I knew that I need to go do that. Uh, it's been something I wanted to do. Am I terrified? You better believe it. Am I worried about being alone there? Yeah, you better believe it. Because I'm going alone. Um, but who knows what's going to happen, right? That's the mystery. All I know is that I need to go. That I need to go. So faith is about listening within. It's knowing that nudge to go. And, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's leading us. I think we'll begin to see that's leading us somewhere profound, somewhere healing, and quite possibly, I think, transformative. Uh, there's purpose to that nagging force that will not back down. Instead, it's going to loom larger until we listen. That's why I was led to the ocean, right? To feel the full range of emotion, to, to begin to uncover the truth of myself and the other with whom I became attached, shedding the layers of illusion and denial that numbed the pain for a brief time. Um, and, and so this, it, it's a... Faith is a beautiful dynamic in us. It, it's, it's a participation, really, like in, in, this, in a way of actual living, of moving in the world. Um, and for me, this kind of participation has brought a, a way of living, or I'm sorry, this way of living has brought about healing and really has increased a vibrant connection to life. Um, you know, it's... it's brutal it's painful uh it's exciting and thrilling and so um i think that's why for me personally that uh just going to church stopped working um that now i've begun to see that the church is universal um and that there's this drawing force divine force that's moving us in powerful ways um and for a time, that's what I needed to be a part of a little church community. Um, but when you start to realize that uh, faith, that life, that religion is so much more expansive than what, it, than, than what we've made it out to be, than what we've manufactured it to be, uh, man, you don't want to go back. Uh, and, and less and less do I want to go back. Um, it's terrifying. It's wonderful. It's thrilling. And I hope that you begin to listen to that inner wisdom, that nudge in you, um, that, that true faith, really, that's guiding and moving you in profound ways towards a deeper, richer way of living and loving in the world. Till next time, folks.